Thursday, March 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, a late night in the desert last night for the Indians. Not a great result. 12 to 7 in the exhibition lost. Uh, Tristan McKenzie gave up a couple of runs, gave up a home run to Mike Freeman. Did you think at the <laughs> beginning of spring training, we would say Tristan McKenzie gave up a home run to the Reds' Mike Freeman? I don't think that was really on the radar at the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mike Freeman, all, and Frank, Freeman hits it out and then, and then uh, Naquin gets a double, follows him, follows it with a double. Uh, but Freeman, that's, you know, that's a weird, that's a weird, you never know what's going to happen in baseball. You just, yeah, never it know. always, it always works out. You, you, you release a guy, you give him an opportunity to go to another team and he comes back and he bites on the rear end. Uh, just seeing it coming across right now, breaking news, Carlos Carrasco has a hamstring strain as reported by John Heyman. Uh, Carlos Carrasco probably going to have to miss some time. He's getting an MRI uh, today. So uh, unexpected there. We're freewheeling right here, Hoynesy, as I'm getting yeah. updates as we're going. Carlos Carrasco, part of the big Francisco Lindor trade to the Mets, mm -hmm. uh, probably going to be on the shelf for some time with a, with a hamstring strain. And he, he missed some time earlier in camp with a sore elbow too. You know, he, he, it seemed like the last few years in Cleveland, he, he would always come down with that sore elbow in spring training and miss a start or two. So he's behind the eight ball with the hamstring to now too. So it'll be interesting to see when he's ready to, to get to the, you know, go back in the rotation. Well, the Mets have all the incentive in the world to just slow play it with Carrasco. He's got the track record. They know what they've got with him. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll produce if he's healthy. So uh, maybe just take it easy with him. Uh, back to the Indians, of course, last night. Uh, there were some bright spots uh, offensively. The young guys getting in on the action. We got to see Richie Palacios, uh, Brian Rocchio. Those guys get in there and, and, and get a couple of hits. I think uh, uh, Stephen Kwan, uh, uh, an outfielder, had a, an absolute bullet over Naquin's head in center field. He hit a ball real hard. Uh, other than the young guys sort of uh, stepping forward and, and playing a little bit, uh, what, what else did you take away from that game last night uh, besides McKenzie really, you know, after giving up the two uh, solo home runs, looking pretty decent? Yeah, McKenzie still, it, 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 it kind of worries me, uh, Joe. He's still, he hasn't gone past three innings yet. You know, he's got maybe two starts left, you know, or two appearances left, depending on how they use them. I just wonder how stretched out this guy is going to be, or could he end up in the bullpen? I, I don't think that's going to happen, but, but I guess maybe if he's the fifth guy and they go with four starters, you know, he could stay back, maybe th throw a game in Goodyear, or he, they won't need, need him right away, but I'd like to see him get stretched out a little more, but he did pitch. He did. He, you know, after he gave up the two home runs, he struck out four guys. He, you know, he pitched his way out of a bases loaded jam in the third, with two strikeouts with one out. So, you know, th that was a good sign. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, you knew Go uh, Ghost, this was going to happen to Ghost. You know, he had been perfect, perfect. And he had the, you know, he had a, the nightmare inning with, uh, you know, the, the six runs, three hits, three walks. He hadn't a lot of run or a walk in his first four games. So, you know, this was coming and that's the worry with him. You know, you, do you trust him? Do you, can you put him on the big league roster and, or the, you know, the 26 man roster and, and turn him loose in a game? Well, and I really think that uh, because it was a spring training exhibition game, they sort of left him out there a little longer than maybe yeah. they would if he would be on the, 
the big league roster and, and get in a game early in the season in, in, in the majors in a, in a real game, uh, three batters into that, if he's walked all three guys, I think that's that's going to be the end for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I, I, I was thinking they might, you know, I still think it's a possibility. What if they go with him over Oliver Perez? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, do you think they well, do that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, that's just not Tito. To me, that's not Tito. Yeah. He, he, you can tell that Tito wants Ghost to succeed so badly. He wants it for him because he really likes the guy. But I think in the end, it's going to come down to deciding between that and knowing what you have with Oliver Perez. Yeah. Now, if there's a way to, to keep Ghost around and, you know, give Perez a chance to, to start the season, see how he does. And if it's not working out, maybe move on from him and bring Ghost along after some, some seasoning. Maybe there's that, but. Yeah, no, I, I can't see yeah. you know, pulling the trigger in that regard. Yeah, and, you know, Whitgren did a nice job, gave up a couple hits, but uh, got out in a scoreless inning. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, and uh, you know, I like the young guys. It's, it's, it's unbelievable how those, all those young guys look like they're the same guy, don't they, from, mm-hmm. from the same mold. They, they have those double, double ear flap helmets. You can't get, really get a good look at them, and they all run like crazy. Like, oh, Rocio, do you see him score from first base on that? I don't know if it was in the. Uh... Well, Hoinsey, if you were 19 years old, you'd have wheels too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, geez. Yeah, yeah in the eighth they, inning. Yeah, they, they can all fly. They're all yeah, built. It's they're all built it's... the same. They're all like I know. five nine, five ten. Yeah, yeah. They got they Tony like Fernandez they weigh shoulders. <laughs> and they got Tony Fernandez shoulders. They got double ear flaps and numbers yeah, higher yeah. than 70. It, yeah. And there's and there's a dozen of them that the Indians have. So yeah, it's crazy, and it's so much fun to watch. But when Jesse and Rocio score on that double by uh, Maribel, I mean he. He never stopped. He, he was like, no. and it was like the first step. He was at, he was full, full out. You know, he was so that's 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 fun. I can see why Tito likes that. Yeah, and 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 really, regardless of the score of a, a game like that, I think at the and that game took forever. That was a four four hour game and night game and all that. But you know, Tito has fun watching those kids, not because he thinks that this is the their moment or anything like that. This is going to, you know, define who they are, as he always likes to say. But he he just gets a kick out of seeing the kids be in that moment and, you know, experience being on the big league field and, and doing all that. So should should be an interesting remainder of camp as their opportunities are going to start to sort of dwindle. You won't yeah. see Rokio and, and uh, Richie Palacios, who hit the ball really well. Uh, you'll see less of them and more of the regulars as they start getting stretched out and uh, into their, their regular routines, playing on back-to-back days and, uh, you know, sort of adding to their workload to get them ready for the season. Uh, we did get an opportunity. We didn't get Tito this morning. We got uh, Chris Antonetti. He gave us a, a little bit of a different perspective, although a lot of the talking points were the same <laughs> as, as far as where the competitions and the, the position battles are. Uh, we do know Heath Hembry, uh, one of the veteran uh, relievers who was was brought in before camp on a minor league deal. Uh, he has been reassigned, and so he will not uh, make the opening day roster. Uh, we know that for sure. That sort of, you know, Brian Shaw gets closer to a spot. Um, yeah. You know, Blake Parker keeps competing there. You know, the, it might be between one of those two for, for a spot. Uh, as far as anything else that we learned from – um, Antonetti, uh, particularly, uh, the, the center field mix, I, uh, like we said yesterday, Ahmed Rosario is going to keep getting chances every other day, uh, to play there. 
we learned that they don't expect Daniel Johnson to uh, to play any in center field. That's something that we talked about here on the podcast. Uh, they they do think that he can play there, but they're not going to give him an opportunity in this camp to do so. Yeah, we talked about that, and that that surprises me. I guess you know if you were going to do it, you had to do it at the start of camp. You can't do it, you know, with twelve games left or how many games they got left. But uh, so I don't know, Joe. Maybe you know, with uh, service time, maybe maybe they're afraid this guy would just come in and win the job, and they they'd have to you know start. But they started this clock last year, so. But, you know, it's not like, but he only had like, what, 18 days or something. Yeah, in the big yeah he, he, like, I think he got in five games total. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, so I don't know. Is, is this a guy we're going to look at? Is he going to play center field next year? I, I don't know. I think if, if the two options in Mercado and Zimmer don't work out this year, I think you've got to, yeah. you know, cut bait, move on, and, and go to Johnson maybe as your guy. Uh Antonetti was asked about the Callaway investigation, the Mickey Callaway harassment investigation from MLB still said uh, there's no timetable on when they're going to get the results of that. Uh, They're cooperating fully with the MLB uh, side of things. Um, And, and really he talked about the, the lack of games, the lack of exhibition innings this year and split squad games and, and, and those circumstances because of COVID, you know, really sort of, now starting to impact some of these big position battles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I mean, you know, canceling, they, what do they have like three or four split squad games in spring and, you know, but they, I guess they really use these and, uh, you know, they've tried to replace the B, you know, replace them with B games, but you know, the B games are three, four, five innings. So you really don't, you know, you're not getting a look at, at a long, as long a look at, as you wanted at these guys. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, and, and it, it does, I guess it does affect the evaluation process. And I think when they re- revise the uh, spring training schedules, you know, uh, they, they cut a few games off too. So, you know, everything is kind of condensed and uh, which is going to make the, uh, you know, the first week, the first month of April uh, of the regular season, a little interesting. Maybe there's still some, uh, you know, uh, uh, evaluation going on. The Talkin' Tribe opening day virtual event will take place April 5th at noon, featuring Indians reporters and columnists from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. Tickets can be reserved online at Cleveland.com. This year, you can enter to win entry to our VIP experience and get the opportunity to mingle with former Cleveland Indians players. Only 150 tickets are available for the exclusive experience and can be won through our sweepstakes. Register now to win at cleveland.com slash tribe. Be sure to join Paul Hoynes, Terry Pluto, Joe Noga, and Doug LaMaurice as we get you ready for the home opener at Progressive Field and the rest of the Indians' 2021 season. There's never been a better time to register for Indians subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name 
to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian Subtext. Also today down in Akron, or actually virtually, I guess it wasn't in Akron, uh, uh, through via a Zoom call, uh, Paul Dolan, the Indians owner, uh, joined the Akron Roundtable, and he gave an update uh, on the Indians' name change and where where that's progressed to, in in terms of what the timetable could be. Uh, Hoinsey, what's the latest on on the Indians' name change from uh, from the man himself, Paul Dolan? Yeah, it was it was really interesting, Joe. Uh, you know, Dolan uh, uh, said uh, that depending on where they are on the process by mid mid season or the mid mid year this year. Uh, if they don't have all the details ironed out or they don't think they can, you know, lock this thing down before the end of the season, well, you maybe these, he basically said by mid-year, um, you know, he think he, he said it's possible they could push the uh, name change back to 2023 so the Indians could play under the Indians in, in 2022 as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But he said it's a complicated process. And I guess the toughest job, is not only finding a new name, but who, who, who owns that name, yeah. you know, and negotiating who, it. Yeah. Yeah. Negotiating. He said, you know, and uh, th- that's the tough part. And uh, they really, um, you know, so it, it sounds like uh, they, they're running into problems like with that. And, and it's, it's a much more involved process than, than they, uh, than they felt. And uh, you know, who we talked about, he talked about the, uh, Akron Rubber Ducks uh, mm-hmm. uh, owner and uh, said he loves that name. It's, you know, I think so. It's just kind of a fun name, a unique name. And uh, so maybe that's, that's the direction they're and, going in. Joe. And he said, it's a reflection that the name Rubber Ducks is a reflection of Akron. Yeah. And that was something that he really liked about it. Uh, I thought it was interesting when he said that they're, they weren't considering going to something like the Washington football team did uh this past season for for the NFL, uh, they they never considered that because it their their main point was it's hard to change a name twice from Indians to yeah. Cleveland Baseball Club and then from Cleveland Baseball Club again to something else. Uh, that didn't make a lot of sense to them. Uh, plus, they had have sort of an agreement with these councils of Native Re- American representation uh, that they're going to go about this the right way. So just give us the time and we'll get there. You know, it's almost it's almost like he's saying, hey, what's one more year? But, you know, it's it's done a little more sensitively than that. Uh, To to me, the whole idea that, you know, they they want to have it wrapped up or have an idea that they can do it in place by the middle of this year. Boy, if that doesn't 
that's big news if they come out in the middle of the season this year and say, yep, we're going to be the Indians again next year. Yeah. Until yeah, we can that, get it done. That means that they've hit some snags and, and things aren't going as smoothly as, as maybe we, we thought they would. Yeah. And, we, and for the first time, I think Paul Dolan really got into why he changed the name, why he would, you know, was in favor of changing the name. Um, you know, cause when they changed, uh, you know, when they dropped chief Wahoo at the end of the 2018 season, he was adamant about keeping, keeping the name Indians. But then, you know, uh, last summer, the, uh, uh, the George George Floyd incident um, uh, and uh, the Indians movement and different teams movement towards social, you know, becoming more active in social justice. He said, how do you, how do you do that? How do you approach, you know, preach social justice when you have a name that basically the whole organization has to tiptoe around or has offended so many people. And uh, that, you know, that kind of struck home with me. I, I had not heard that before. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I started to understand it a little more. What, what caused them to change the name? Yeah, and, and you got to give him credit for having the courage to change in that regard. Regardless of what you think as a fan or whoever, what, what you think of Paul Dolan as an owner, his, his ideas on the payroll or, you know, small market versus well, any of that other stuff. It, having the courage to change in, in this situation, it, it's not just because, uh, you know, somebody's holding a gun to your head like uh, Daniel Snyder with, uh, with your sponsors, your corporate sponsors yeah. saying you will change this. This is something they had to do because it just didn't work in the past. And, uh, you know, yeah, credit to Paul Dolan for doing that. Now, you know, just let's get it done. That, that's, yeah. I, I think we're right. all just, we're all just sort of waiting for, for the next shoe to drop and, Hopefully the, the wheels can keep spinning on that uh, and, and, and get us there. So, so we know, you know, we know what t-shirts and hats we're going to be buying uh, in, in the next few years. You know, I, I like what he said, Joe, he said, you know, a, a professional sports team shouldn't divide a community. It should unite a community. And, you know, as much as, you know, and I, I've told you this, I, you know, I grew up well, like you, I grew up with the name Indians. I, 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 I saw nothing wrong with it, but when, when it divides a community, when there's, you know, people yelling and screaming at each other all the time over the name, that's, that's not what a sports team should do. That's, you know, so I understand it. I, yeah. It, it, it makes sense when you frame it in, in that sort of way in, in the conversation. What else did, uh, did Dolan talk about? I mean, he talked, he talked about his third son, which I thought was, <laughs> was interesting yeah. because as you know, Paul Dolan has two sons, but apparently his wife was a little confused at some point over the last five, six years. Yeah. His wife, Karen, you know, had come to consider Francisco Lindor, their third son. And, and her husband ends up uh, approving the trade that sends him to uh, New York. So I, I would think that that might not, might not have gone over too well into Dolan household. Yeah. He, he said something along the lines of my wife thought we had three sons and I just traded one to New York. So <laughs> Hey, yeah, that, that had to be a, a long evening at, at their place. Yeah. And, you know, he, he got into, they are still looking for a minority owner. Uh, first, uh, you know, John Sherman, the former minority owner who purchased the uh, Kansas City Royals, has to sell his shares that are in escrow. So, uh, but they are actively looking for a minority owner. I still, I got the impression, the distinct impression that the Dolan family wants to stay in control of the team as a majority owner. But uh, I think, um, you know, the, they, and, you know, he, cut, he talked about the cut in payroll. Um, 
you know, how, how, you know, they had, you know, when they were in what, 2017 or 2018, when they were about 135, 140 million, they said they were way beyond their means, uh, but they thought it was worth it. They thought they had a chance to win. And, uh, but now they've cut it down way down. Like we've said, Joe, to about 50 million. So mm -hmm. he said, this he, is, he said, there's a, there's a sweet spot there that that sweet spots in that like 80 to $90 million range. Yeah. Now is that, now was that, was he talking about salary or the, the amount of money they had to work payroll or I, the, I, I believe that's the payroll. Okay. What he All was right. talking yeah. about. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and that makes sense. Do you think the way that the team is positioned right now with no money on the books beyond this year, and with this solid young core of pitching and, you know, all these, these prospects who are, are, are sort of showing well in spring training right now. And, you know, they're, they're maybe a couple of years away. Uh, is it, is it sort of in that cycle where they could be in a position where in the next couple of years, if they add that minority owner who can inject some money and then they can grab a couple of uh, veterans out there that you might see another cycle like the 2016, 2017, 2018, hit in the next, you know, three to four years. This is, this is the Antonetti dream. This is how you stay competitive, right? It, it, yeah. it, it all sort of, you got to sort of like, you know, you just got to sit back and get all mystical and dream and see it in the tea leaves, <laughs> right, Oinsy? No, I think you're right, Joe. And, and Dolan kind of referred to that. He, you know, he said they're probably at the low rung of their competitive window right now. He said they still have, obviously they still think they have a chance to uh, compete and, and win, but, you know, he sees like a core of young players really coming together two or three years down the road. And uh, like you were saying, Joe, I, I mean, when you have all this young talent and a low payroll, you know, you're really in a pretty good spot. Uh, you've got one of the best managers in baseball and uh, you, you, you know, if you can, you know, like if you could get the inf influx of cash for, from a minority owner or, you know, and they could be, you know, going down that road in, in, in two, three, four years. All right, Hoinsey. Uh, I believe Zach Plesak is on the mound uh, this afternoon. Uh, he's going in, in Goodyear. Uh, last time out, not so great. Yeah, not so uh, great. So. He, got, he got knocked around a little bit, big mm -hmm. time. Talking yeah, another uh, start by Ahmad Rosario in the center field too, right? Uh, that's yeah, that's today. And then uh, uh, Saturday he'll play again. Maybe you'll wear a batting helmet out there. Let's hope you don't get hurt, Joe. Yes. All right, Hoinsey, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.